Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're here to discuss the movie, to review Bones and All, a 2022 romantic horror film directed by Luca Guadagnino and from screenplay writer David Kajganish based on the 2015 novel Bones and All by Camille De Angelis. I mean, I think I did okay struggling through those names. <laughs> it's set in the 1980s and it is produced by Luca as well. Joined by Teresa Park, Marco Morabito, David Francesco Metzi de Aero, Lorenzo Milli, Gabriel Moratti, Peter Spears, and Timothy Chalamet, who also stars as uh, what's his name? I forgot it that. <laughs> as Lee I noticed reading some of these behind the scene facts that there are some movies that just have one or two producers and then there's others that have a shit ton and I'm not sure I could look it up but right now I just want someone to tell me (laughs) or hopefully I'll stumble across a video explaining what the what the benefit is of having that producer does that mean in my mind you've put some monetary value into the movie but maybe it could be something else moving on to our cast joining timothy is taylor russell as marin yearly mark rylance as sully Andre Holland as Frank Yearly, Michael Stuffbarg as Jake, Chloe Savini as Janelle, David Gordon Green as Brad, Jessica Harper as Barbara Kearns, Jake Horowitz as Lance, Kendall Coffey as Sherry, and Anna Cobb as Kayla. This movie I think I stated did come out in 2022, but November 18th is when it debuted in theaters, had a budget of 16 to 20 million, made 14.5 million at the box office. So officially that's understandable. Cinematography was by Arseni. Kacha Huturin, edited by Marco Costa, and music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I'm bringing them up because two out of the three definitely lend to much of the the discourse and the negative aspects of this film. It was 130 minutes running time, but it felt so much longer. It took me days to get through it, which is why I did not release this on Sunday as I had intended. 
because I had to take it in bites because there were some moments where there was just not a lot going on. <laughs> um, I think we've given credit where credit's due. As far as the basis of the plot, in my opinion, it's about a girl coming to terms with the fact that she is a cannibal and with that comes a life and a lifestyle that doesn't that doesn't adhere to her only familial uh, figure in her life her father his desire for her and as she struggles with that she meets another cannibal who's kind of already graduated from her level in the worst kind of way and finds charm and love in her innocence and desire to stay to stay in that um moral place and that's a story i think worth telling which is probably why the book is uh well i don't know if the book is well received <laughs> let's let's channel that back but i can see it being something that's um worth adapting because it's a unique enough story and i'm always down for very you know uh risky adventures in storytelling so the premise on the outside uh and where they were supposed to be getting at i think that that was overall a worthy <laughs> a worthy story to be surmounted but one we had some casting issues and the first one is sully he was cast way too old way too creepy and i'm not sure why marin wouldn't at that moment decided i need to end this motherfucker right now <laughs> as he rolls up on me I mean, she was so ready to pull her knife out just because the other two that they met was showing her a side of life she didn't want to accept. She's all ready to, to shank them, but Sully shows up like, yeah, I've been following you and I've been watching you. Kill him, do it, shoot him. And you're going to stand there and passive aggressive affront. That is where some of the disconnect with the characterization of Marin comes in. And I think there's a disconnect between that and even what her father says about her. And I think that's the perfect segue into our character breakdowns because now that's the plot. Uh, and also she has to meet her, her mother in the process of making these decisions about who she's going to be right on the cusp of her 18th birthday. 
Marin, we learn very early in the movie, is a cannibal with little remorse for the crime of being hungry. Oh my God, it's so juicy. She gets invited to a sleepover. The girl that invited her to the sleepover doesn't even get her attention. She's talking about deep life stuff underneath the table. That was a great shot. Uh, Probably one of the standouts of the movie is how they shot that through the, the table. And I've also had a table just like that growing up. And then she bites the the girl's finger off. And it wasn't like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. They had to drag her the fuck off of her. Then she ran back home, knocked on the door, and her dad's like, no, the fuck you didn't. Get your shit. We got to go before the cops come. And it's clear that this is a common trend, which leads to her 18th birthday (laughs) and him leaving nothing but a cassette tape. What was it? 40 fucking dollars? 60? Wasn't a whole lot. But you probably ain't had a whole lot to spare. Uh, and a note. In a house that pretty much only got a couple of days running on the electricity bill. Because <laughs> the electricity bill is due. Oh my god. The cable turned off. This leads her to this uh, cross country trip because having nowhere else to go finding her mother's name or going to the town where her mother lived on her birth certificate, which is also what daddy left behind. Maybe, maybe she can find someone there that can help her understand her nature because we find out rather later in the film, rather too late, in my opinion, in the film that, you know, she deeply believes that her mother must be someone like herself. So there's, there's a lot of complexity to that betrayal that wasn't really explored because they were too busy focusing on, on scenery shots that just absolutely did nothing. I don't care to see the Midwest of, and I fucking live in the Midwest. Okay. (laughs) Ohio, Indiana, Columbus, for fuck's sake. I know all those places. I don't, I just don't, like, that was a, too much of, and I think it was supposed to compliment, but it just, it, it felt uh, overly cinematographied, if, you, if that's a word. <laughs> just absolutely too much. Then she meets Sully in the most predatory stranger danger scenario i don't give a fuck if this is the first one you've ever met she picked up the rock she allowed him way too close that scene was fucked up with the woman dying and you can see his philosophy why was he cooking them hen and chins 
penitence. <laughs> Cornish hens. Why was he cooking them? Like that's really what he had on the menu. Neither were interested in food that has already been murdered and processed. And that's when she realizes that one, she can, they can smell each other and recognize by scent. I don't, I, I, I can see how she would not know this because her father kept her, not only kept her indoors, but locked her ass in that room. But we see the, we see the cunning of her grabbing the screwdriver and the way the nail was already propped loose. Like she either had already made her way outside. This is the first time she's sneaking out or she very much connived this scenario where she could get away if she had to, or she was tempted enough to do so, which is exactly what happened. And then when you listen to the tape, of the dad referring to her when she was younger. Like the first one was your babysitter. <laughs> that was the funny. It's always the babysitter. That's the first. Then there was others and her lack of remorse is what really broke Frank because he figured, okay, maybe it's a condition. Maybe if I, if I tried to steer her on the right path of Christianity, <laughs> Maybe then she will will find the light. But I now realize and I've come to conclusion. You are a monster in the sense of. You will figure out what you need to do to get yourself fed. And no matter what I say and what I preach about that. Or what I want best for you. Um you you right now you are are showing to be exactly <laughs> um probably what he knew her mother to be which was a a very just a strategic cannibal that is going to be forced to commit acts of violence and crime and whatever code you have around that it could inevitably lead to harm and that's a, a lesson she has to learn and she tries to which is my very annoyance with her because so she meets um lee's character when she's very obviously shoplifting i'm like i know it's the 1980s but for fuck's sake <laughs> she's in register view uh and they recognize each other then you have lee he he kills the guy that was antagonizing the mother and child in the store and then he comes out and he's ever so casually not you know wiping the blood off but it's so obvious from a mile away it's blood I don't know what was going on with the audio here, but he was very, very low. Like, I don't really talk. I was like, what the fuck is happening right here? Um, but yeah, I, I thought this meetup between them after her 
oh, Sully's weird. Only after I feasted have I made that conclusion and sat half naked with him. Then he busted out this fucking, <laughs> oh my God, the the hair of all the people he's eaten. Run, bitch, run! You have done enough damage by consuming their flesh. You don't need to take any fucking thing else from them. That's the way you respect their memory, sir. Serial killers carry trophies, and that is exactly how you came off from the moment you stepped off that curb, which Marin knew, and for some reason casually hung around. I know you was desperate, but you could have found a lot of other people that were probably more trustworthy <laughs> on the sketcher side of things than this guy to walk off to in a house where there's a woman just struggling to die and then you take her sweater as a bib i'm disrespectful as the fuck stole all of her money granted and her and her clothes you need it both. She's not going to need it anymore. And at this point, <laughs> you've broken all of the rules. There's no going back. But I thought this was supposed to indicate that that side of, of Marin, her father saw is a problem. And I thought that that was somehow going to play a little bit more into her journey other than but instead I should say they played this grandstanding of her standing on this pedestal of oh no that's terrible when you yourself do terrible things and incite terrible things to happen which is one of the most irritating scenes in the whole entire movie because she meets this lead she asked to basically be taken on he's like yeah fuck it I look like a hobo and I ain't got nothing else to do. And he stole the man's truck. Uh, they go across country. I will say, I don't know what was more disgusting, them eating the bodies or them in that car, like what it must have smelled like. Even when they, they show they clearly had water on them, you know? And she had a white shirt on. He had them jeans back on in that shirt. I was like, oh my God, they don't look wet. <laughs> I don't see no tide. Oh, I'm sorry. I just know what it's like, okay, not to take a bath after two days. And they was, they was huffing and puffing for about... Uh, the, the, don't get it twisted. Those journeys were a hot ass second. Okay. Um, that was like five. To <laughs> Stop it. They're just looking so trife. So trife. Even when I saw them do perfectly natural hygiene, I know that's for the movie and you got to take your mind out of it. But man, and I just absolutely can't stand the idea of those types of jeans with the holes in it. What the fuck is the point of the jeans? If they're going to have that many holes in it, you might as well wear a skirt. Just. <laughs> so 
so they fall in love and Marin's the 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 first one to make the move after he makes the announcement to his sister Kayla when she rolls up on him after a promised driver's lesson that um she's his friend friend and she's like oh no I want to be more than that so getting to Lee at this point we learn that he has been essentially staying away from town since 10 years ago after an argument or some type of domestic situation his father disappeared he reappeared with blood all over him so they thought that he killed him but they found the blood on him was his own so they released him they think that the daddy just ran off but ever since then he's kept himself away from his mom which we never met and his sister but um he decides to go back there due to a promise that he made and he also becomes sweet on her and wants to take her to meet her mother this was another moment to highlight or play with the idea that Marin is far more manipulative and immoral as a protagonist even though we feel bad for her situation she didn't ask to be born this way to see her really um cement concrete that uh other side that we were supposed to have seen this is scenes like this that where i don't know if they were leaning into that or not as they should have and because it's gray that doesn't that means it's not successful and i do think that those were layers that were, were set at least in my opinion so they go across the country they do a lot of kissing <laughs> a lot of touching a lot of feeling they meet some friends along the way one that is a a cannibal like them but has a partner who is a human that's a previous officer who saw what he was doing and became so fascinated that he essentially became their groupie his groupie and has now consumed whole bodies which is the equivalent of basically chasing or not chasing the dragon because I bet for them every time it's the exact same but it, it's a it's a very orgasmic high experience and it's something that Marin doesn't even think is possible but homeboy over there like uh yeah miss I did three whoever that actor was that was cast is horrible um <laughs> and then they're like upset that they ran away because she's like i'm not down with this kind of talk but lee over there is like yeah i know what the fuck you're talking about because i've been there and at that point in the film we understood that he must have ate his daddy right um while the the revelation was the revelation i felt as if in that moment it was pretty clear that he had uh indulged in that because the one dude called him out like he's he's like a heroin addict 
you know, you're jonesing for your next fix. You think you got it under control. Maybe love will cure you of it, but you know, you also are, <laughs> you are, uh, you're hurting man. And it's written all over your face. And I don't think they did a really good job of showcasing or highlighting that that was the experience he was going through. Like that there was no correlation between him and that statement, at least showcased in this movie at all. So then they go back to finally meeting her mother. Well, after that little situation, they go to a carnival. And this is the shit that pissed me off with Marin. She's all kissing all over him and then goes, I'm hungry. I got you, fam. So he goes and finds her dinner, a douchebag carnival worker who is apparently closeted because he got himself a wife and a kid at home. And while you got Lee out here putting in work, getting down to his nitty gritties while some dude jerking off. So at least that he can go out with a O <laughs> before he slit his neck. You was all fine with creeping out other bushes and enjoying the feast that he presented to you. He did this for you. Your ass kept your hands clean because you want to pretend the fantasy that you are not a bad person. So then as they're driving back by the dude's house, because they was going to steal his car, they uh, realize that he has, she realized he has a wife and kid. She freaks out, thinks he's an absolute murderer and trash, will not allow him to emotionally help her after he just sacrificed, I don't know how many days to get you here to this town so that you can meet um, your grandmother. Miss Kearns, um, no, she doesn't know, but she's like, you must be here for a reason that has to do with that one black person I met all that time ago. <laughs> and this is when she gets the bombshell that her mother is still alive and that she voluntarily locked herself up. Uh, she goes to see her mom. Her mom has no hands. And the orderly gives her a letter, which basically says, I wanted your father to never tell you about me. So he must have broke his promise. Additionally, <laughs> I wish you had died. And... I was too much of a coward to allow that to happen then. But if you ever had showed up here and came here and we was ever to have this conversation, I was going to do the only thing I thought I could do for you out of love, which was try to consume you, which is really fucked up. Why am I still getting hate? Oh, and her mama was adopted by... um by Barbara because her own mother left and abandoned her. So this is definitely a trend <laughs> of 
parents abandoning their children once they realize that what they have to offer that like they can't deal either and that's a hard place to be put in like i couldn't blame frank when he walked out the door when i saw he bounced i was like i get it i get it i'm cleaning up bodies i'm 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 advocate i'm not advocating because that's not a word i am um oh there's a term for it that you get it for murder i know it's not conspiracy to commit murder oh whatever you are assisting in the committing of a crime of the covering up of a crime several crimes in fact um so yeah i gotta i gotta walk away from that now that you are an adult because you have to make these decisions on your own and while you were a child i did what i felt a parent should do which is to protect you i can't protect you anymore i'm out i i I, (laughs) can't take this shit anymore uh, broke all the damn time. I can't live nowhere for more than two seconds. I don't have a life. I probably ain't been fucked in years. Yeah, he's got things that he's trying to work out. So this ends with Marin deciding to leave Lee because she thinks that they're all just bad people because he's not too sympathetic in the idea that she should listen to any of her parents that they're monsters they are only as they have been created and maybe maybe there's something beautiful in that or something beautiful can be found in that i don't know i kind of missed the point after this if i'm being frank and honest this weird time jump where she just shows back up poor kayla they're like we're so happy to have him back he's got a job he's he's where he belongs and she gets him and takes him away from his family once again so they can go off and start this life together never mind there was this stalker that was following me around looked really angry called me some names and uh yeah can smell me from a distance that's not going to be a problem at all turns out turns out after they make their new life together he's a problem and he ends up stabbing lee with a fatal wound to the lungs and his dying wish is for her to eat him while he's dying bones it all so we end the film with Marin uh chewing on some ribs as he screams in agony in euphoria i guess he's happy he gave her the biggest o of her life i'm a marijuana plant i can get you fucked up the time jumps were misplaced I don't even know how long the time jumps were supposed to be. Like one minute they're in town and she's in college. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you get in college with nothing but your birth certificate? (laughs) There were a lot of things that were thrown together. I suppose she could have gotten into the system onto something. It's very, it's very odd 
how they decided to end the movie with Sully coming in and and deciding that he wants to be with her because they dried together (laughs) and he's lonely and it's all about this loneliness and how to evade it and there's something to do with it it just got lost whatever the plot was or the theme was it certainly dissolved about 48 minutes into this film which is sad because it was about like two hours long and I think it could have easily been cut down if you were going to cut all these long driving scenes to about an hour 20 tops uh the the acting wasn't the worst it wasn't great though Sully was so misplaced as an actor anyone else should have played that part anyone else like I said he came off like a homeless guy you would never invite inside your home then you had you 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 know she could have easily decided to go find her father if she wanted to turn her life around for the better but i guess because he essentially rejected her uh i thought they were going to do something with that more so like when he admitted to eating his daddy like yeah they didn't find blood on me that's because i tied him up in the barn he was still alive and i went back and we both knew what was going to happen and it turns out it was his father that was the cannibal and he had tried to eat him and then as he's dying he's like am i a bad person that all of it felt flat there was a little bit of chemistry between him and taylor but there's one scene that really turned me off and it's a scene that happened in um x-man first class where my baby boo james mcavoy i love him to death but he does a scene and it's like spit and it's like right there and it's no matter i understand you're in the moment you're in the scene and you're being the realism of it all nobody wants to see that shit really they don't um so that whole snot booger thing and she couldn't get the booger off that just it repulsed me throughout the entire movie (laughs) kayla being killed at the end and that being the last thing he's going out on that's uh that's really fucked up (laughs) it's almost confirming everything your parents said to her so why not why not uh devolve and do the best you can it's like you can't do the best you can when you are born like this this is a shitty life and you can make the best of it as you can and they got an offering too to be a part of something maybe it wasn't a hundred percent up to the standards of but when there's so little of you and it's so hard maybe there is a benefit to to a simulation so that you don't have crazy ass sullies running out there <laughs> i don't know what did the what did the box office or the critics i should say give this rotten tomatoes 82 percent of 280 eight critics reviews are positive an average a rating of 7.4 out of 10 
The website's consensus reads, quote, although its subject matter may be hard to stomach, Bones and All proves a deeply romantic and thought-provoking treat. Metacritic, which uses a rated average, assigned the film a score of 74 out of 100 based on 54 critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. Audience polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average uh, grade of B on an A plus to F scale, while those at post track gave it an overall positive score of 71%, including an average 3 out of 5 stars. So it seems as if the critics had a lot more favorable things to say, which that can sometimes happen too. There's a disconnect between something that's critically acclaimed, but it doesn't win anything. It looks like there have been a few awards won. Tara Russell for the Marcelli Mastriani Award. I don't know what that is. But yeah, the, the, there's that. I would give it a lower score on the 70% rack. I'm going to give it a 7.1 out of 10. I think they started with something strong and then the last... The last hour or so, a lot of what they built up simply didn't, it didn't come to much of a comprehensible, as I speak, not so comprehensively. (laughs) But it didn't, it simply did not land its mark. And while I want to say I paid much attention to the music, I did not. But I do like the choice of getting more top names involved in music production for for movies. Because they can do an amazing job. And that is my review of the film. If you have thoughts, definitely leave those below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.